I can't know for certain what's been going on for all of you internally during the day today. I, I have some ideas, but um, I can't know for certain. But certainly externally, your, your presence in the meditation hall today um, and the, the continuity of your presence and also the, the stillness of body um, were quite outstanding today. So you can all um, congratulate yourselves for, for your presence and your, your support for yourselves and each other and, um, and also perhaps enduring whatever was going on internally. And sometimes, sometimes it is a matter of enduring. And the, the Buddha lists a, a lot of skillful means and one of them is enduring. <laughs> I know that um, I know from my own experience, and also from the experience of meeting with lots of people over 31 years of teaching retreats, that um, very often there's a lot more going on internally than what shows externally. And um, and it's it's really not at all surprising. It's not surprising, given the way that most of us live our daily lives. And, and it's, not, it's not through any fault or any blame of ourselves. It's, it's, um, it's the way that we're conditioned. It's the way that our culture works. Our culture works by keeping us working, <laughs> keeping us going, keeping us thinking and planning and and doing things. And, and so often we, we arrive on retreat, and, and particularly the first day or two, one, one of the reasons often <laughs> I think there's so much stillness at the beginning of a retreat is because we're all so tired that the body just, oh, <laughs> can't move. But internally, the, what's going on internally is very often just a reflection of what's been going on before, and it takes it takes um, there's there's um, there's a, there's a list of qualities of heart and mind um, that the Buddha speaks of cultivating, and they're called the list of perfections. So qualities of heart and mind for perfection, and. Um, and generosity is the first one, but then comes persistence and patience. Persistence and patience, and those two very much balance each other. And I think those those two factors are really important to remember and to and to to bring into the practice, particularly in the beginning, the beginning of a retreat. So so the patience in in recognizing that this this inner busyness, this relentless sometimes inner busyness, is a reflection of what's been going on, and it requires patience to allow the time and the space for that to settle. Sometimes it's true with the bodies as well. And and that settling, it's it's generally not something that we can make happen. It's not something we can force. 
we can certainly support the settling of mind body but we can't make it happen and the more we try to make it happen the more frustrating it gets now, how many have noticed that today hmm yes several hands going up so the so the practice is the, the, the meditation practice is not one of trying to get any particular state, and it's not one of trying to get rid of any particular state. It's a practice of coming to understanding, coming to, to knowing how things actually are, whether pleasant or unpleasant. No discrimination here. <laughs> so it's getting to, it's coming to, coming to understanding or allowing to, to understanding. And this understanding, it's not, it's not, um, it's not just a random thing that we call this insight meditation. The reason it's called insight meditation is that the purpose is for insight. So what do we mean by insight? What do we mean by insight? Insight, I, I, a long time ago, I spent a lot of time, I looked through I don't know how many dictionaries to find a definition of insight. And I was, I was, I was very surprised at what the dictionaries had to say. Um, this word insight gets used in so many different ways in so many different contexts and some of them very skillful and some of them quite ridiculous, <laughs> really. Um, but the, um, the dictionaries, um, from, from going through a lot of dictionaries, I've put together a definition that kind of includes everything I found in all, in all these dictionaries. And the definition that I've put together of insight is an intuitive knowing, an intuitive knowing of the inner state of things without thought. All of the words in this definition come directly from, and, and, the, and the, the thoughts behind them, it all comes directly from dictionaries. Okay, and, and, and when, I, when I started reading all of this and putting this all together, I just realized this is exactly what the Buddha meant by insight. An intuitive knowing of the inner state of things without thought. So I'd just like to give a little consideration, a little exploration of this to begin this evening. Okay, so an intuitive knowing. An intuitive knowing. So it's a, it's a knowing, it's a knowing of something at this point, a knowing of something, a knowing that is intuitive. And being intuitive, it's related to the last statement of without thought. And so insight is, a, is an understanding that arises not from thinking about, analyzing, trying to figure out, trying to get something, it's an intuitive, it's a, it's a knowing that's within us. 
It's a knowing that it's something, it's what we already know, but it's been obscured. And what's it obscured by? It's obscured by our busy, active, overactive minds. It's obscured by our overactive bodies. It's obscured by so many of our concepts and beliefs and ideas and, and all that kind of stuff. Obscured by thoughts. So it's the knowing that comes without thought. And it's not a knowing. Insight isn't a knowing that's mine. I don't own any insight. I don't have any insight. Insight is present and it can be revealed. Intuitive knowing of the inner state of things. This morning I, I talked about, um, what did I talk about this morning? <laughs> Instructions. <laughs> I talked about calmness and insight. So I'm elaborating a little bit on, on the, the insight. Um, so the, the, the calmness and insight, um, how, do we, how do we cultivate these? What, what, what can provide conditions to allow for this insight, this intuitive knowing without thought? Okay, so one of the things that supports this is, as we've spoken about today, is mindfulness of the body. Letting the body be the primary object for, for attention. Okay, so now this, very important, this does not mean rejecting or denying the mind. It doesn't mean rejecting or denying thoughts. It would be a very strange world if nobody ever had any thoughts <laughs> and if we rejected every thought that we have. Thoughts have their place. Thoughts have their place. Ideas have their place. But for this practice, we want to, as much as possible, not stop them or get rid of them but make the choice, instead of giving attention to the thoughts and all the stories that fill up the thoughts, we make a choice to give attention to the body. Because as I explained this morning or this afternoon, the body, the body experience is what's actually happening in the present. The body is far more likely to reveal to us the inner state. When the inner state is full of stories about the past and about the future and about other places and other times, there's not a lot of opportunity, not a lot of possibility of really coming to understanding, coming to this, coming of this insight coming I was going to say coming to us, but it doesn't come to us. It just comes. And 
And I, I think we all know this experience of insight, these aha moments. We have, there's, there's just something's going on, maybe we're struggling with something, and, um, and often it happens when we've been struggling and struggling and struggling with something, and then we finally give up. We say, oh, forget it, it's, this is impossible. Or we've lost something, and we're looking, 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 where is it, where is it, what did I do with it? It's gone, it's lost, and then, yeah, it's gone, it's lost. And then, whew, there it is, right in front of you. How many have had that experience? <laughs> you know, and that's, that's, the, that's, that's often when the insight shows. It's when there's been a struggle, and we come to a point where it's, ah, and the body-mind just relaxes in, and, and releases in a way that some deeper understanding shows itself. And in this particular case, that deeper understanding is the understanding of how things actually are, the nature of things. Okay, so, so the mindfulness of the body connects us with actual present experience so that we can apply some degree of calmness and steadiness and apply mindfulness. Apply mindfulness and apply, I, I, I mentioned, I think it was last night, <laughs> this morning, I, I mentioned how caring is an important aspect of this practice. When we, when we can meet the body experience with, without trying to make it something special or make it a certain way, without trying to get rid of anything, but just to open to how it is with that caring attitude, with mindfulness, then this is, this is a very important, these are very important conditions that can allow for the insight. And the calmness that comes with those, the calmness and steadiness that comes with that. So when we, when we give up the struggle to stop all these thoughts and get rid of all these thoughts, and just say, okay, let me just, you know, it's like... Um, it's like when you're, you're driving the car and you're listening to some music and you're um, kind of humming along with it or singing out loud if you like to or tapping on the steering wheel or tapping your foot and you're just having a great time driving along and you look in the mirror and you see a flashing red light there. And if you can just imagine in that moment of seeing that flashing red light behind you, what happens to that music? It fades away, doesn't it? And the reason it fades away is because you're choosing to give attention to that flashing red light. So the attention comes away. It doesn't stop the music. The music is still playing, but it's just not standing out in your consciousness. And so we choose in the same way, we choose to take real interest in the experience of the body and to really care about the experience in the body. 
And then the music, the, the voices, the music, the whatever is going on, the emotional states can just fade into the background. They may not disappear. Sometimes they do. Most of the time they don't completely disappear. But they can fade back enough that you can come to rest with the body. And as I said at the beginning, this takes patience and perseverance. Okay, so we so we we can then use these all these qualities, the patience, the perseverance, we can use these qualities of calmness, of, of making that choice to give attention to the body, of bringing mindfulness to the actual present experience. And all these qualities allow us to stay present. We stay present with the experience. So the, the mindfulness, the mindfulness is, is, is really the foundation and it's the starting point because the, the mindfulness is that, the, the, in, in the mindfulness we're making a decision, we're making a choice, we're setting an intention. So with mindfulness of body we're setting an intention to give attention to the body and to rest with the body. And by resting with the body, we can then be, begin to experience it in a way that we can begin to see how it actually is. And the other factor that comes in here along with the mindfulness, and, and I would call these the, the, the two essential factors, the mindfulness, and the second one, it's... it's um, it, tra- it translates literally as investigation of the Dhamma. So Dhamma is the Pali word for the Sanskrit Dharma, which probably many of you are more familiar with. And this word Dharma has a number of different meanings. The Dhamma, the Dhamma refers to the teachings of the Buddha. And Dhamma also means things. All things are Dhammas. And Dhamma also means the nature of things, how things actually are. And so this, the, this phrase, Dhamma Vichaya, is, is, um, is most commonly translated, and in the commentaries it's translated as investigation of states. So this, this investigation, this investigation, I, I like to call it interest. It's a matter of taking interest in whatever the object is. So the, the, the body, the breathing, the experience in the belly, the experience of your feet on the ground. How is that actually? Not how I think it should be. So when we, when we talk about um, grounding, being grounded, um, Brad, Brad talks about being grounded in the feet, and I talk about being the body being grounded, being connected with the earth, uh, and the contact of the body with with the ground. Um, it's you know, the gra- grounding happens, <laughs> and it it doesn't matter what it feels like. 
it doesn't matter what the experience is. Whatever the experience is, the grounding is happening. We are in contact with the ground. Uh, gravity forces that on us. So the, again, the, the meditation is to, is to experience, to open to the experience of how it actually is. And if it feels grounded, however that is, however our idea is of the, how that feels, that's wonderful. If it feels like, um, you know, my feet are just, you know, my feet are fidgeting around, my feet feel unsteady, um, my body is um, going numb from being in contact with the ground, um, that's how it actually is. And the, the, the mindfulness opens to that experience and the the investigation the the interest opens to it with with curiosity how is it how is it and also important in this is how's my relationship with it am i able to be steady with it however it is or do i find myself rejecting it. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. I want it to go away. Or, ah, this feels right. This is really grounded. I like this. Now, how did I get this? And how do I keep it? Trying to get something, trying to get rid of something, trying to hold on to something are the most sure ways of not knowing how they actually are. To know how they actually are, we have to be with them, not trying to get rid of them or change them. So this this investigation of states is investigation of how things actually are. And, And this relates back to the last part of this definition of insight, without thought. So it's not an investigation that's sitting here thinking, okay, how is it? What's it like? Is it like this or like that? Or mm, why isn't it like this or like that? And um, um, how did I get it like this? Or how did it get like this? And, and, and is this how it should be? Or, is it, or am I really feeling how it actually is? It's not that kind of an investigation. It's not a mental investigation. It's an investigation that simply involves being present with the actual experience and giving attention to it and taking interest in it and seeing what happens. What happens as I stay present with that? So what do we notice happens with our experience? Any, any experience we have, we give attention to it. And what do we notice? What do we notice? What, what's, what's, the, what's the inner state? The inner state that we generally notice is that it changes. You know, any body experience, any thought, any mind state, any emotion, anything that shows in our experience, if we stay steady with it, we'll see that it changes, just like the breath changes from an in-breath to an out-breath, from a long breath to a short breath. It all changes. 
And we struggle so hard either to make it change faster or to stop it from changing rather than just allowing. With, um, with emotions, um, when, 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 when an emotion is triggered, in that triggering of an emotion, there's all kinds of chemical stuff going on in the, in the body-mind system. And the research shows that if no stories are feeding this, so usually with an emotion there's a story, right? We have a story going around. If, if that story, if we can allow that story to settle and, and there's nothing feeding the story, the research shows that the emotion, any emotion, no matter how strong it is, will pass within 90 seconds. Quite, quite amazing. And if it's not sure stopping, if it's not changing or passing within 90 seconds, it shows, all it shows is the power of the mind to perpetuate. The stories perpetuate the releasing of all these chemicals. And, and, and one of the great powers with, with the meditation is the ability to be steady and to just open to the actual experience, to set aside, not necessarily, again, stop the story, but just to set it aside and give attention, okay, what's the actual experience? What's actually happening? What's being experienced in the body? And so the story can play itself out, and the emotion changes. It can pass. And similarly with thoughts. We have a thought. If we don't feed it, it comes to an end. Now, the problem is, it's often replaced by another thought. <laughs> and so we recognize that. So we say, oh, there's thinking again. Huh? Back to the body. Settle in the belly. One of, the, one of the reasons, so with, it, with the mindfulness of breathing, some teachers pick the nose. Maybe some of you are more familiar with that, with paying attention to the breathing at the nostrils. What I find and what many people tell me after I give them the instruction is they find that by bringing the attention down to the belly, it takes attention away from the mind and it allows for more settling in the body. So check it out. Check it out. So the so this this combination of of the the mindfulness and the investigation of states allows us to stay in contact with the breathing, the belly, the body, the feet on the floor, the the movement of the arms, whatever it is, to stay with it with enough steadiness, enough continuity, and enough clarity to be able to begin to really see how it actually is, to allow for this, this knowing. And of course, the knowing, what, what happens, what, what very easily happens, and what does happen with insight is there'll be the insight, there'll be this, this intuitive knowing, and then almost simultaneous with it, the thoughts start up. 
and we start kind of naming it and analyzing it and, and taking claim. Oh, I had that insight. I did this. Oh, it's great. You know, I sat and I was breathing in this particular way and I was sitting in this particular posture and I had this wonderful insight. And I, I, take, I take ownership and I take responsibility for an insight that simply revealed itself given the right conditions. And, and the more I start to think about it, the more it becomes a story and the less it becomes and the less it is a real understanding. So really important when we have insight, and the, and the Buddha spoke about this, when, when, we have, when, when insight comes to us, really important just to stay steady and let that insight really settle into the body, really settle into the heart, really settle into the mind without thinking about it as much as possible or without giving attention to the thoughts about it. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do. It's again, it's something that develops with perseverance and patience. All of this requires these qualities of perseverance and patience. I remember one time I was, I was with um, um, a guru in India and um, there was a, a small group of us that would meet with him every day and a few Westerners and a few Indians. And there was this one Indian man, and, um, and one day he came and he, and he sat down and, and we were sitting. We sat for a little bit, and at the end of the sitting, he just, he just kind of exploded with this great insight he had had. And it was just during the sitting, just all of a sudden, there was just, whoa, and there it was. And... Um, and it, and it was it was really wonderful and 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 the teacher and the the, the guru said oh that's that's great and um, we kind of carried on and the next day he came and he had already formed all these stories about this insight he had and he just went on and on talking about this insight and then he came back again the next day and we sat and he and he started again talking about this same, or his, at this point, his memory of this insight from two days before. And this went on for a bunch of days. And finally, one day, he wasn't there. And I, and I said to the guru, how come you're putting up with <laughs> this? Why don't you say something to him? And, and the guru said, you know, this man has been sitting with me. He's been coming almost every day for over 20 years. And this is the first insight he's had. And so we'll just let him enjoy. <laughs> we'll let him appreciate. He'll he'll find out. <laughs> and 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 so so when when there is this insight, when there is understanding and these stories form, not to be upset not to obsess with it, but also not to be upset with, about it, not to think, Oh, I shouldn't be doing this, not to to watch for the judging critical mind coming in. 
Okay, so, so it's, it's, it's giving the insight an opportunity to really settle into the being so that it's no longer just a memory or just an idea or a concept, but it actually transforms the way you live your life. And we take a, a simple a simple recognizing, oh yes, these things change. You know, these body sensations change. You know, I can come in and sit you know, within one forty five minutes sitting, I can go from heaven to hell and back to heaven and to hell and to heaven again. <laughs> Just with body sensations, let alone the mind. And, and at some point, I'll see, ah, oh, of course, it changes. And, and it, it, it can be a genuine insight. And I can take it up and start thinking about it and analyzing it. Or I can just stay with all these changes and just keep experiencing, allowing for the experience of it and letting that insight really settle in. And just imagine how it would be, how, how you, imagine how you would be in this world if in every moment you knew that whatever is happening will change. Just a deep knowing, this too will change. So much of our lives is based on assumption of things not changing. And to know that it will change can just transform, to really deeply know that, can transform the way we relate to things. The way we relate to this thing that I call me. And this is, this is the power of insight. This is, this is why we have insight meditation. It's not just to watch our belly breathing. It's not just to, to feel our feet grounded on the floor, on the ground. It's not just to be present, not just to be present with all these experiences. It's for the insight the insight that transforms and liberates the way we live our lives. Transforms and liberates our relationship to ourselves and others and the environment and the planet and things and ideas and everything. So with patience and perseverance, with mindfulness and interest, we pursue this, this path, this path that, that leads to, this path that leads to this, this transformative understanding. And there are, there are other, other aspects of the inner nature of things that will we'll speak about later in the retreat but the um this 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 quality of change is a really important one and a very easy one to recognize so again we use the mindfulness and the investigation to um to to cultivate 
to cultivate calmness and insight, to, to create the conditions for calmness and insight. Some of, some, of the other, uh, some of the other conditions that kind of follow on when we, have, when we have mindfulness and we have this interest, this investigation factor, when these two factors are really at work, what happens is, well, just think about in your own life, when you're giving attention to something and you're really excited about it, interested in it, what happens? you get energized, right? You have lots of energy when there's something that you're, you're giving attention to and you're really, really interested in it. You get energy. And when that energy comes, there's, a, there's a, a joy, a delight. You know, we can be working away at something that's, that's, that's really... De- I, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I, have, I had this friend, um, a very close friend, who was really into fixing cars. And one day I showed up at his house just to just drop in to visit, and I could see his feet sticking out from under this car. <laughs> and um, and I called his name, and he wheeled himself out, and he's totally covered in grease. He's got cuts and bruises all over him, and he's got the biggest smile. <laughs> he is just so you know this is just so difficult, and 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 yet he's got the biggest smile because he was really present with it and he was really in, interested in it. So there's, there's a, a joy, a delight that comes with that, that energy, the energy of that, that engagement. So these two, the, the energy and the joy, these two are necessary qualities. So in our practice, we can ask ourselves, okay, how much joy is there here? How much energy is there here? How much, how, much, how much interest is there here? And, and this, this, this joy, this, this energy and this joy, it, 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 brings, it, it, it all brings with it <coughs> a kind of... Um, well, it, it's, it's, it's named as calmness. It brings tranquility, calmness. And it brings the kind of tranquility and calmness that allows us, as with the meditation and, and with whatever we're doing, it allows us to stay steady with what we're doing. Because we're enjoying it, because we're interested in it, there's a steadiness of being engaged with it. And there's a kind of calmness and tranquility in that. And then the next, the next factor, this, this, as, as, as all of these factors deepen, the next thing that shows is concentration. Because of all these other factors, because there's the interest, there's the joy, there's the energy, there's the, uh, the, the steadiness with it, the mind just naturally focuses. It just naturally focuses. So this, this concentration, concentration in, in, the, in the text the Buddha speaks of right concentration. So right concentration is this kind of concentration that just naturally settles with energy and joy as preconditions for it. It's not the kind of 
concentration, which the Buddha would call wrong concentration, that comes about from, I have to concentrate, I can't concentrate, oh, I've got to do it. And just forcing the mind to contract. Right concentration is a mind of openness, expansion, of receptivity. And it just arises naturally when these other factors are present. And with the concentration and the deepening of the of the tranquility and, and all these other factors, the last the last factor, the last condition characteristic that the Buddha the Buddha pointed out as necessary is equanimity. So equanimity is, is being able to stay present with the experience without reacting to it. It's a non-reactivity. It's sometimes described, it can be described as, as a, a neutral response to a pleasant or unpleasant experience. So it's allowing things to be as they are without needing to change them or trying to change them. And all of these factors together, these, all these qualities together are the qualities that really support and allow for the revelation of the insight. And so as we practice, as we practice the meditation, if we have this quali- these qualities, the mindfulness, and we really take interest in what we're bringing attention to, bring curiosity to it. How is it actually? And just open to it. As we do that, we are, sometimes unknowingly, but we are cultivating and creating conditions for these other factors, these other qualities to arise. And as they arise, the practice becomes more enjoyable, not always more pleasant, but more enjoyable, more appreciated. And then it becomes somewhat easier. There's an easier relationship with it. And that easier relationship allows for the deepening of all of these qualities, the strengthening, the the development of all of these qualities. And all of these qualities leading to this, this relaxing and releasing that allows for the insight. Okay, so this is, um, this is kind of a, a general outline of, of the progression. And, um, and we can get caught up in kind of putting this in time and thinking as, as some Buddhists do, oh, this takes many, many lifetimes. <laughs> um, or we can get caught up in thinking, oh, you know, five-day retreat, forget it. <laughs> but I'll tell you, these, these, these insights, these truly liberating insights can arise, can show, can be revealed in any moment. It's not a matter of time. In fact, they can only be revealed in this moment because there only is this moment. 
So we practice, we practice in this moment for understanding of this moment. And then this moment. And this moment. Moment to moment, bringing care and attention. And again, always with kindness, friendliness, caring, with patience and perseverance. So let's sit quietly together for a few minutes with patience and perseverance, with mindfulness, and let's see how much interest we can really call up for what we're experiencing. May we develop mindfulness as the foundation for our practice. May we bring interest, curiosity, investigation into our practice. May we cultivate the conditions that allow for the revelation of liberating insight. <laughs> 